0: Hello and welcome to Minded Dialogue episode number 180. This is Sunday, the 30th of January 2016, and this interview is with Simon Barrow, a man with an illustrious career in brand management agencies who founded and ran People in Business for 21 years. Simon pioneered the notion employer brand and now helps businesses in their mergers and acquisitions, looking at those thorny people issues. In this podcast, Simon and I discuss a broad array of leadership challenges including employer branding, of course, and explore how big companies and conglomerates can manage an employer brand while allowing the individual brands to thrive. We also look at some of the soft issues revolved around M&A. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue podcast, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host and author of The Mindset, that's M-Y-N-D-S-E-T dot com, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes to the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Mindset. Today I have someone who I met approximately a year ago and we are having a wonderfully deep conversation about new technologies and employer branding in England, Simon Barrow. So welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit more who you are, what you do, and what's your mindset? Um, I'm Simon Barrow. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, My mindset uh, is I'm basically a campaigner. Um, Right now, I'm involved on two things, one for the past 25 years, but I still feel as strongly about it as I did then is something called the employer brand. Uh, The employer brand is bringing the best of brand management uh, to the world of work. Uh, And I got onto that when I first uh, looked after a, a human resource business as its CEO. I'd come from a consumer advertising agency CEO role. And I thought, where is the planning? Where is the research? Where is all the things that make great brand management. This was a reactive, profitable factory. Uh, It needed uh, thought, it needed research, it needed senior management involvement. All those things um, prompted me to say, well, this isn't branding as I know it from Colgate or Kenor and my past. It's something quite different. Uh, and that's been a campaign for me uh, ever since.
0: We're going to surely get into that. Your second campaign?
1: Um, the second right now is making sure that the UK remains in
0: Europe. <laughs> and uh, why is that important for you?
1: Uh, because I believe, I, I think of myself as a European. Uh, I was brought up in a in a county called Cumberland, it's mm-hmm. now called cumbria mm-hmm. uh in the northwest of uh, of england um uh, i look i look in cumberland with its mountains its lakes its uh dialect uh its sports uh and its its people with great affection that's my real home mm mm-hmm. I'd like to feel that about England in the context of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 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 bigger than this country. Right. So um,
0: Cumbria is a part of, of England, but England is a part of Europe.
1: Yeah. And uh I also think from an employer brand point of view, uh, a company based in the UK, whether it's foreign owned or um, UK owned, is going to feel can we really say we want to be plucky island race merchants, a thousand years of history. Uh, we're going to be just a, a private,
0: a pinprick on the side of Europe. Mm-hmm. Surely not. It's sort of hard to imagine anyone uh, surviving as an island.
1: Yeah. I think we're going to be okay. But um, the, the island race, a thousand years of history... Uh, dislike of France mistrust of Germany
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, all those things are alive and well amongst a certain proportion mm-hmm. of this country mm-hmm. who are not perhaps in London and the South East mm-hmm. um, um, and perhaps of course they're worried about uh, contemporary issues like the rest of Europe is mm-hmm. uh, immigration mm-hmm. and the like um, but we have to convince British business right now to say which side of that fence are you in you cannot say listen uh it's political we don't we don't, we don't... comment on political stuff mm. uh uh this is business isn't it
0: mm. it is business there's a business,
1: there's a business impact on um uh, uh, on if uh, the u k curiously decides to uh, to leave what's that going to do to my business and if you're an employee of mine how you, is your career going to be helped
0: all right so Simon you have you have a an illustrious career goes spinning back starting started off in marketing then you moved to HR and and this concept of employer branding in today's world what do you see in the clients that you're dealing with what do you see as the major problems for companies today in establishing and driving an employer brand?
1: Well, there's no problem with, uh, with awareness. Everybody knows the term. Which wasn't the case maybe 30 years ago. Well, uh, until I created the, the concept, uh, no. Uh, and people thought it was a mad idea to start with. Mm. Uh, the HR community in particular. Branding? God don't bring that here, branding people, branding, what are you doing? Branding people oh we don't like that um, it, it flimflam somebody said we don't want that flim flam of marketing in the pure world of human relations. Right. Well, any marketing today that is flimflam is thrown out anyway mm-hmm. flim flam has no place any place right. uh right. um so,
0: so companies today have, have the idea of employer branding. They're getting it. I answered, I That's right. Your yeah, just what are the challenges today?
1: Okay. okay. So, uh, uh, challenge one is uh the CEO and the top team are uh incredibly short term still. And B they are dominated by uh investment issues, by uh, share price, uh, by market share, and obviously by the numbers. Uh, HR, people are our most important um, asset, uh, asset, etc., etc. Of course, they they intellectually get that, but they don't act on that in the way that they do act on finance, on marketing, on production, and on the uh, investment community.
0: So the reason for that being that they're too short-term focused on the results and they can't translate that into some sort of actionable well, it activity? May be, it may be deeper than that. The 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 best people
1: I've ever worked for and continue to do so give me a um, a successful uh, private uh, business owner. Um, and there are an extraordinary number around the world. It's a, It's a... If you think of BMW, um, Walmart, uh, uh, dozens, hundreds of great, great businesses, uh, remain dominated by powerful people who are there for the very long term.
0: Well, so uh, typically, and, that and they.
1: And they tend to take people more seriously
0: so are, are we typically looking at founding family members or or can it be what I would call a mercenary CEO who has just come in can they drive that agenda in the same way or do you think it's that more is it? it's more
1: I remember I remember hearing a senior executive of BP uh, standing up in uh, uh, in London a few years ago uh, and talks about the way BP works, and what a great uh, business it is. Um, next up was a guy called uh, uh, Jeffrey Schwartz. His grandfather was a cobbler in Chernobyl, Russia. Um, the grandfather came over as a cobbler. All he had was his ability to make a boot. Uh, he shows up in Boston, Um Builds a business, and in 1952, they turn this business into a brand called Timberland. Hmm. Um, uh, Jeffrey Schwartz uh, went to Harvard. Um, the, brand of ve- the brand builds to um, an extraordinary uh, level across the world. It gets hurt by uh, Nike and Adidas, sure. and it gets sold.
0: Mm.
1: And, but the concept of, uh, of what the Schwartz family did uh, has continued in that family's mind. They're proud of what they did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought, listening to those two men,
0: the one I'd like to work for, it's Schwartz, yeah, the Cobblers' son or Carl's grandson. So, when when we look at the, the opportunities for employer branding, brand, em, pr, employer brand management,
1: branding is the ticket on the meat. Right, it's the it's the style. If there is right. anything that is flimflam, um, it's you know the ads and the jingles and that's branding. branding. Okay, and on. and of course the identity and the logo. Right. But brand, brand management, um, employer brand management, has an infinitely more important mm. um, hinterland.
0: Yeah.
1: If the hinterland of the brand is much more critical. You can buy a bar of soap, and maybe you will be, or a pack of fragrance, um, uh, you will be influenced You'll, in some ways, consume the branding.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, it's understand.
1: important to you. Sure. But what's important to you at work is, do you believe and trust the leaders? Mm-hmm. Are you involved in something that is a worthwhile aim, mm-hmm. that you're proud to tell your family and friends? Um,
0: list, are you list. proud of your pay?
1: Are you proud of the training? Um, do you like your colleagues? Um, does the place work in terms of uh, uh, IT? In terms of uh, um, uh, its location? Um, do you are you proud of the alumni?
0: That's something that's come up more recently, the working with alumni. But if we can just I wanted to zero in on one of those components which is a personal interest for me, which is the notion of aim, as you said, or purpose. To what extent does employer brand management need to be embedded in a in an aim of a business? Is is that it's sine qua non? Yeah.
1: If if um, why should I why should I join your business if I'm a talented, uh, uh, skilled person who's right for you technically, why should I join you if you don't know where you're going, if you don't have something that is going to um, inspire me?
0: All right. so just now I was, I was listening to a conference and we were talking about purpose and we were talking about the Virgin brand and the purpose as it was described in the meeting was well, the Virgin brand is all about the challenger. That is the mission, the purpose of the Virgin brand, to be a challenger. Yeah. I said, well, if you look at Apple, yeah. they were the challenger in the 1984, yeah. and then all of a sudden they become the number one. Then what happens? So to, for you, how do you define a purpose? Because, I mean, if it, is a challenger position a purpose? And if, if it's not, then what kind of, what is the what is the right type of purpose yeah. that you need to have?
1: Yeah. I'll give you a, 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 a contemporary example. Um, there is a uh, fine and unique company in the dull old world of insurance. Uh, it's called Hiscox. Um, when they say, um, as good as our word, that isn't just a a sort of neat claim. They really believe it. And when you do have a claim... Their first in is the first, the going in position is to believe you. And they work with people and they have clients who they expect the best from, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that has, I think, for them transformed the day to day world of insurance. And they get very bright, ambitious, and motivated people.
0: Well, of course, in the insurance industry, there's all the small print, though the little words that tend to hurt sure it, your sure, claims. I'm sure it's there in Hiscox's case, but the overall position right. is
1: um, a personal relationship. Hmm. It seems so you it, need that when something bad has happened to you. That's right.
0: In a, in a, in a state of a uh, you know a flooding or something, the word that you've said a number of times is notion of trust, and so. W- To what extent does purpose help drive the trust agenda? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, employer brand management is somehow related to your trustworthiness uh, in the employee's eyes.
1: I think trust underpins most aspects. Uh, As I said, this isn't a matter of neat communications. Mm. It's um the the power of, of of trust in every respect do they are they is your employer as good as his or her word and you'll soon know if that is not the case mm-hmm. uh and that isn't just a legal matter it's an attitude um uh and it's also it's part of trust, but it's there is a directness. Um, I worked for um, a great Israeli firm called uh, Teva, oh, yeah. uh, the pharmaceutical leader in the generic uh, sector, and a fantastically direct business. Um, maybe that's the Israeliness mm. of the company, um, but somebody said uh, to me in... Uh, Um, Kentucky where I was doing some work for for their uh, subsidiary in the United States if you took the Israeliness out of the taba North American business we'd be nowhere because that directness that uh, total honesty Mm -hmm. um, uh, as to likes and dislikes Mm. to pick you up on stuff there and then Tel
0: Aviv attitude.
1: Don't don't wait for the six month, the annual review. Mm-hmm. Um, pay a compliment, or uh, pick up you on a on an on an error um, right there.
0: A lot of chutzpah.
1: Yeah, and it takes courage to do that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a style. Um, my daughter, um, in her early days, was working for a headhunter. They go. T- the senior headhunter and her, as a researcher, went to see a, a, a client in the city of London. Meeting went okay. Sitting in the back of the cab on the way way back to the office, um, and uh, well, um, Emmy said, well, "What did you think?" Well, I think I think we're I think we're okay," Emmy says. The boss, "I think we're okay." But there are three things you did in that meeting you should never ever do, do again. <laughs> and one, you y- you cut across me ah. when I was saying something. Two, you cut across the client when he was about to t- say something. <laughs> There's a theme going. Something, here. something, something uh, very important. Um, uh, and you went on too long. Hmm. Now. Some of that's good. I mean, great that you have ideas, right. but you need the discipline. Mm. She has never forgotten that.
0: Mm. So you, it is great to have, have good, good feedback.
1: To do that um, uh, strongly and, and directly and with um, the context of, you know, you're okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Otherwise,
1: you wouldn't be here.
0: Right. I'm doing this for your good. I'm, I'm
1: doing good. This, this. This is – that's training.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. That's That's leadership. <clears throat> we need more of that. And
1: uh, you know, can you trust your boss uh, not to make some snivelling little note f- to bring up at the review? Yeah. In I mean, it, what on earth is that about? Yeah. So listen, Simon, uh, and a- also trust on on the review itself. Do you know in the uh, in the British civil service there is a grading system, and in many large companies there is. A, I'm I'm a uh, you know. Five, a leading newspaper organization has typically five, four, three, two, one. Um, Same as the civil service. What does everybody get? 90% get a three. Mm -hmm. Right down the middle. If you get a five...
0: You're an outlier.
1: I mean... That's an extra- and the difference between fives and fours and anyone less than a three, uh, do you want me to go? Hmm. And then when somebody is fired, hang on a second, I've been getting, uh, if I look back at my assessments over the past several uh, months or years, of three, yes. I've got a three. What was the matter with me? You didn't, be-
0: now, What's happened now? Well, they put, it's a way of putting the, the problem underneath the carpet. One of the, Simon, what I wanted to talk to you about was when, when you talk about employer brand management, and because you're a marketing background, to what extent is it important that the ideas, the concepts that, that are foundational in the employer brand have a relationship with the way the brand is marketed externally? How do, how do you make the parallel? Is it necessary to make a link between the internal and those external marketing concepts?
1: Um no. Now that's maybe a controversial thing to say. Go for it. Uh, I think I think the uh take take um McDonald's. Um McDonald's has a cheerful, approachable uh style to it. Um um the whole run McDonald, the whole it's a cheerful sort of place it doesn't take itself too seriously it's um, now in, internally the kind of people it needs um i respect people who, who've worked in mcdonald's uh at the i hate to say the lower end of employment mm. they stand out um And it's tougher than the external um, sort of happy, casual eating. Um, You have to show up. You have to be clean. Mm. The grooming needs to be there. The teamwork needs to be there. The ability to follow procedures needs to be there. The customer service needs to be there. Um, And... Not everybody can do that um, uh, yesterday, I had an extraordinary meeting with the chief executive of a charitable business in the u k called the Big Issue, oh, yeah. which is helping homeless people to make the first tiny step into becoming uh independent. Mm. They buy that magazine for one pound fifty, and they're supposed to sell it. They have to pay one pound fifty for the magazine mm-hmm. and they sell it for two pounds for two fifty they make a pound um, to do that they have to be approachable um, they have to attract attention um, they have to have the discipline to be on a street corner um They have 2,000 vendors. It's a tiny proportion of the total homeless of this country. Sure. So even even at the very bottom of society, there is still a pecking order. Mm -hmm. And not everybody. Sure. To sell the big issue is one up on the guy who's spaced out
0: lying in a heap somewhere. Sure. Um... So I was going to take you back um, to the idea of fun on a reverse flip side. Amazon, for example, has a value inside that says we're f- we're all about having fun, whereas on the outside, it's all about execution. So it's in, in the same kind of way. It's just flipped, yeah. whereas McDonald's fun on the outside, it's hardcore on the inside. Yeah. Not that Amazon, by the way, is fun on the inside, but <laughs> they do express that. Yeah. I don't know Amazon well enough to comment on that. So one of the things um, that it comes out of this particular conversation is the notion of a corporate employer brand and a brand's employer brand, to the extent that you might have a corporation's conglomerate that has multiple brands. how, how do, Unilever or Procter & Gamble. So how, how do you go about creating a, an employer brand um, that it, that also has multiple sub brands within it. Is there a way? Should there be a link between the employer brand of the sub brands and the corporate brands, or is it just the one that you need to focus on?
1: I think uh, I think if you're owned by a major corporation and you are working for um, uh, a, 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 a um, is is Tom and Jerry? Is it Tom and Jerry?
0: Yep. Tom and Jerry?
1: Ben and Jerry? You ben mean. And the, Jerry. the Ben and Jerry. The part of Unilever and Jerry. I know a cartoon. Okay, Ben Ben and Jerry. Ice cream. Slightly irreverent, <clears throat> funny, light-hearted. Um
0: with a political
1: issue. Um, all that all that's good stuff. <clears throat> what's the what's the um Ben and Jerry, employer brand. Now, if I was running that business, I would say um, to Unilever, if you buy us for good money, which you're paying, if you put, if you Unileverize us, Mm -hmm. you've You've lost lost what you paid for. I mean, you've got to leave us be, you've got to, you've got to, Enable us to be our magic selves. That's what you're paying for. Um, uh, you call, you're buying some ice cream technology. You're buying some plant. Uh, but most of what you're paying for will be intangible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, the brand you're paying for, whether it's um, uh, for the customer and certainly for the employee, um, is a risk if it's just another great corporation now Unilever is a fine uh, a f- fine corporation it it's got a heart it it does things right um uh when i was a colgate uh brand manager we looked up to unilever mm. um uh steadfast competitors but
0: a class act mm. so so it's it's a it's a tricky thing because, well, I, I remember my times at L'Oreal, I was running Redken, and one of the things that I found particularly important in my role was to try and recruit internally from other brands individuals who I thought best fit with my brand. So there was a sort of a, a little bit of an internal fight to get the best talent. And there you are talking about, well, actually my... The brand that I'm running and the way we operate internally is different from its way it's done in the bigger organisation. Yeah. And then you come up to conflicts that are entirely HR related, process related, and how do you how do you keep that independence within a big corporation?
1: That's a, it's a it's a good question. Um, uh, I've uh, the last last year I did my fortieth M A operation helped on the transaction from the people and uh, cultural point of view and one of the key lessons is from the city, listen when A and B get together there's going to be a hundred million of synergies Uh, synergies what does synergies mean in the workplace synergies means job loss Um, that's necessary it's a perfectly reasonable business reason why to buy a business because you can squeeze out some cost and um you can get it uh, you can um uh, produce the same um product and service more cheaply uh that's obviously correct however um there is a case for not taking the ben and jerry going back to them if they've got a particular style of HR, a particular style of marketing, um, a particular style of uh, even finance and the management accounting of, of, of the brand, don't mess with them. Um, if, you, if you say, well, groups handling that, mm. what a turn off that is. Mm. And they won't quite have the same culture. There'll be a, it'll be a group culture. Um, it won 't be your culture, and it may be worth uh, having um, having a letting them have their own people not just not just uh, not just the front line uh, of the marketing and the ownership of the external brand, but actually let them have some of the things that make them feel special you don 't feel special if you 've got to ask. Your dad the whole time.
0: So, in in your experience, then Simon, forty M and A activities, and we always say there's a number that's blown out. Seventy percent of all mergers fail. What do you think is the single biggest reason for that failure, or maybe the well, other side? No, what is no. the biggest single reason for success? I,
1: I, I know, I know, I know uh, what it is, which I'm glad to say, I, IBM uh, last week um, have a system. Uh, which they've just launched, which is deep mining every M&A uh, that they've done and others have done if they can get the data and and hmm. mining into the human factors which cause um, M&A to fail. It's almost invariably the human factors. Mm-hmm. Um, my answer to that in IBM's case, is great if the more detail we can get on what causes failure, um, but I already know that it's it's caused by... People ignore, they are willfully blind to the employer brand aspects of M&A um, because the target is going to make a lot of money. The individual's in the target, are going to get bigger jobs. Um, the uh, bidder's management um, are going to personally um, be developed. They're going to have a much bigger corporation overall. Um, and, of course, the bankers and other advisors are going to make a small fortune on a deal that is completed. No banker to my knowledge, has ever done an assessment of the deals they did, to what extent did they work in terms of earnings per share or any other measure five, six years on. When you ask a banker that, they'll say, uh, listen, we got the next deal to do, point one, and point two is... Uh, uh, our job is to put the two together and make sure the price is right. It is not to assure lasting value.
0: Well, so then how can you persuade a banker in the, in these communities to reevaluate the purpose and the benefit of employer branding if the transaction is done and it's closed then they they've dusted off and they're off to the next one? Well,
1: it it's a it's a very good question. Many deals go through uh, when even though they know that there's going to be uh, mayhem and tragedy uh, and uh, the extraordinary fallout. There is in many deals, but they and do they forecast that? It's somebody else's. the The, the culture of the deal making team I've described is different to the deal integration team downstream, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that has to be ultimately the responsibility of the the non-executive directors (coughs) and uh, the regulators, maybe, Um, and the smart analyst ought to be smart to that, to say this is a terrible deal. It looks, because of the fallout, is likely to damage the brand, the very thing that they're buying.
0: Right. Simon, do um, want to add one more thing? Okay. no. hey, listen, great to have you on the show because uh, I promised that we'd be on time for next delivery. So thanks for talking and sharing your thoughts, your experience about employer brand management great to have you <laughs> my pleasure and to talk about MA, that's quite an interesting one at the end there too so thanks a lot for coming on the show simon thank you Michael. thanks for having listened to this recording of the minter dialogue show you'll find the show notes on themindset.com that's mindset with a y where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe if you like the show please do rate it on itunes that really makes my day happy trails and enjoy josh sax's painted fingers
2: oh fill me with all your colors any different way to rid me of the gray and heal me with all your imperfections that you mention in your lack of self-secure